0: My name is scott and this is the game podger unfocused podcast episode two i am your host scott and with me as always is hilka hello hilka
1: hi pleasure to be here again uh thank you for having me it's as i said last month uh it continues to become warmer uh which is not something that you have the ability to experience at the moment but uh yeah i'm gonna switch to shorts soon
0: yes yes i i I wish i could do that at the moment now because it's getting that that point now i've um i've had to get the chapstick for the lips because that my lips are i get terrible um cracks on my lips
1: oh gross that's i've been there it's awful
0: no it's um it's not at all fun I, I honestly i do prefer the cold um to the massive heat um, but it, it, can get, it can get really cold. Um, apparently, even me, yeah, in the sort of the, the hottest part of the of the country in Queensland, it can still get really, really cold, freezing.
1: Yeah, like like I always say, I also generally prefer the cold because when it's when you're cold, you can add more layers to keep yourself warm. When it's really warm, there are only so many layers you can take off before you start committing a crime. <laughs> I mean even if you
0: sort of get away with it. Um but no. Um no, we're gonna be uh we're gonna be discussing what we've been playing um during the month.
1: Yeah, in this gorgeous weather, it was a great time yes. to sit inside <laughs> and play video games.
0: Now the first game we're gonna discuss, um Hilka, you've been playing some Dragon Quest Treasures.
1: Not just some. I've been playing a lot of Dragon Quest Treasures. I finished it recently, in fact.
0: Oh. How's that worked out for you?
1: Um I sort of, it's an interesting game. I sort of picked it up on a whim because I saw that, like, it came out last year. And then I think at least a month or at least a couple weeks after it came out, they released a demo. And then I played the demo and I I quite enjoyed it. I'm a really big fan of Dragon Quest. Uh, I've I've played a, a, a number of Dragon Quest games. I love the Dragon Quest Monsters games as well. They just announced that they're making a new one for Switch. Uh, yes, I saw that, you know, for sure, I'm going to be buying, uh, adventure of die when it comes out in September. Uh, but yeah, I love Dragon Quest and this just seemed like a fun, uh, sort of low stakes kind of game to play, uh, just sort of in my free time. And that, that's pretty much what it was. It is definitely a game that has a younger audience in mind than I am, uh it's pretty simple like the protagonists are children. If you've played oh god, I can't remember what the number was. Dragon Quest 11 was that the most recent one?
0: Yes, that is the one that's the one that came off the major consoles which yeah, I I played that one.
1: Yeah, uh the protagonists of Dragon Quest Treasures are Eric and his sister. Oh, okay. Yeah they it's it's a thing that they did like while they were on the viking ship they find these two little weird creatures and then shenanigans ensue and then a portal opens and they go to a sort of a sort of pocket dimension kind of thing with a number of floating islands and in order to get back home they have to uh find treasures so they like they join up with some pirates first of all and then you you found like a base in the center of the floating islands and then the more treasure you collect the more things you can put in your base like more uh more barracks for monsters you can recruit uh you can craft more consumables and slingshot ammo and it it's just a thing that you can like slowly build and build and build and that's sort of what the appeal was for me just going out uh to one of the different zones with a team of monsters just poking around doing quests collecting treasures uh it was a lot of fun i will say if you've played a dragon quest game before there are a couple of things that you will recognize but if you haven't might be a little bit weird because as per usual with Dragon Quest games, there are a lot of charming regional accents, uh, and extremely like and music that it has the air of like a standard fantasy grand symphonic score, but it is very much not made with an actual symphony. And boy, can you tell uh, <laughs> it's it's a little MIDI esque.
0: Yeah, I've heard that's a bit, that's a bit of an issue with the Dragon Quest, like sort of later on Dragon Quest games. Um, especially, I think Dragon Quest Eleven, when that re- was initially released on the PS4, that was MIDI.
1: Yeah, but this this is definitely a game that that had a lower budget, and it, it it's sort of it it's not as big and grand as Dragon Quest Eleven was, because Dragon Quest Eleven was a really really long game, a really big. I think I must have played... I I think I I finished it and I played, like, 90 hours, maybe? And Treasures, I I finished it in about 40. And I did basically everything there is to do in the game. There were a couple of side quests that are sort of based around RNG that I never got around to. Because there's these big monsters you have to fight. But you can only get them sometimes randomly... In treasure dungeons that you only randomly get sometimes so there's like two levels of randomization that make it extremely annoying because not only do you not get those big monsters every time uh you can also get one you've already fought as has happened to me Uh, and that doesn't count for more quest progress (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah that's one i haven't done And I haven't fully finished the post-game stuff yet, but I have finished, like, the main story. Uh, One other thing to note when playing it is the movement and combat are a little sticky. Like, sticky is kind of the best way I can describe it. Like, you can—if you're used to fluid combat movement from stuff like like Devil May Cry, you're going to have a bad time. Uh— there are some, like, dodge cancels you can do with the melee attack, but they're a little finicky. And I don't know. There's there's just a, a level of... I would describe it as, to go back to the last episode, playing Greatsword in Monster Hunter. You know? Like, when you after you roll, you stop. And you can't do anything else for, like, half a second before you can do something else. So... In that regard, it's good that you also have a team of monsters with you that do most of the work in combat, uh, and you're much better off. Like, the, the melee attack is one that that is always going to be relatively effective, but you're better off using the slingshot ammo you can craft that do, like, different damage types. There's, of course, your standard ice, fire, water, earth, slashing, bludgeoning, piercing, gravitational, light, dark just keep at range and heal your monsters let them do most of the work uh i do like that there's an aspect of monster collecting it's not as in depth as it would be in a dragon quest monsters game but there are sort of different things you can do with it uh different metal loadout you can give them like monster medals that increase their stats in different ways uh But I I will say, obviously, those things are important to do, but I don't really feel like most of my choices in that really mattered that much. Honestly, the best thing you can do is just just make all the numbers as high as you can, and you'll do fine. It's not a particularly hard game, and it's not designed to be. So if you're looking for just a relaxing, like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this for like an hour and a half and then go do something else. Dragon Quest Treasures is gonna be it it's a lot of fun. Like a like most Dragon Quest games, it is very charming. There's a lot of puns. I do like me some puns. And <laughs> uh but yeah, movement not a hundred percent as good as you'd probably want it to be. So, oh yeah, another thing about the sound. Um not only is the soundtrack very midi-esque, but the, the incidental I guess they're called shouts like that characters and monsters do when you're like exploring in one of the regions. They can get extremely annoying sometimes because there's your, your character that you're controlling. You can switch between Eric and his sister whose name escapes me, even though I did play as her for the vast majority of the game. Um, And you have a squad of three monsters with you each with a having a different exploration ability. But the closer you get to a treasure, the more often they'll say like, oh, there's treasure here and they can overlap sometimes and then you'll have like three voices at the same time and that that can be extremely grating. I'm glad that it's there because it gives you another way of finding them that isn't just the visuals. So it's good that it's there, but the way it's implemented is a little can be a little annoying. But I I did have a great time with it. It's definitely not a game that you like. I'm gonna sit down and play this from beginning to end. You just sort of chip away at it. Hmm. Uh, you you probably shouldn't play it for for long gaming sessions, just because it 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 can get a little repetitive. But if you like, I, I've been playing this for on and off for God like two or three months. Uh. And I finished it, I think, last week or two weeks ago. Uh, yeah. So if if you take it like in little bite sized chunks, you're going to have a great time.
0: Wow. Well, yeah. Because I've, um, my experience with Dragon Quest, because I never really played like, any of the Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy games, but a friend of mine on Twitter um, just kept dogging me on. I said, Oh, you got to get Dragon Quest Eleven when it comes out on Switch. And I was like, OK. And then I ended up doing the, um, they released a Dragon Crest one, two and three. Yeah. Uh, they, they were the mobile, yeah, the mobile ports and I actually, actually liked them. Like if you actually want an introduction to, um, I feel like the, to the JRPG genre, you know, what better way to go with the, than the first one? Cause it's short and to the point, very basic, very much of its time. Uh, but I think it's got, um, from my understanding, it's basically, um, it's easy to do in the, the original game. And, um, Hadn't too many issues, he's got well, all the save states that you can use. Yeah. Which is good.
1: And one thing I really appreciate about Dragon Quest as well is uh Final Fantasy has the the other major Square Enix JRPG has become a lot more of a sci-fi game after seven, probably. Six had some elements of it. There's always been a little bit of sci-fi in Final Fantasy, but if you look at like thirteen And I mean, in, in 15, they straight up have a car, you know, but Dragon Quest is still fairly fantasy, like pretty strongly fantasy. You do have some machinery, but I think most of the machinery you're going to find is not much more advanced than like steam powered. Yep. So if you want like an actual fantasy JRPG, Dragon Quest is great. And like I said, it's just, there's just a. Charm to Dragon Quest that you know the things that happen in the story are are always you know you're taking them seriously but the characters are generally all just a lot of fun mm. like they are a lot more lighthearted than Final Fantasy games in my experience tend to be.
0: No, I definitely enjoyed the cast of um the Dragon Quest eleven. They were fun.
1: Yeah, just uh, I forget his name, but the the bard yes he's so <laughs> fun i love him
0: He's <laughs> so energetic
1: so you like you said 11 you've played 11 and you've played like the first three that they re-released and that's it
0: that's it yeah if they if, if they if they end up doing four to well i think it's nine because i think ten's like a online one yeah uh, yeah if that, If they release those on Switch, I will play it.
1: Yeah, 9 is sort of online as well, I believe. 9 was for Nintendo DS and Sentinels of the Starry Sky, I believe. That had some amount of online integration as well that made the game really hard to play if you weren't using it. Because it sort of expected you to play with other people. And so Mm -hmm. I, I played a little bit of it, not a lot. Because uh, where I was living at the time had terrible internet. And Mm -hmm. the Nintendo DS, not known for its good internet connection anyway. So it sort of compounded into (laughs) just, it was basically unusable. Uh, But yeah, I think eight, which other ones have I played? I've played four, I think uh the one with the where the protagonist has like the purple turban i got the uh the ds remake of that and i played that for a long time and i loved it and then my save file got corrupted oh no yeah haven't managed to go back to it i don't even think i have that game cart anymore i think i lost that So, yeah, please, uh, more remakes for those. I would love to go back and play them.
0: <laughs> I, would, I, would like, I would like to try them for the fir- first time. The next game um, that I, I played is Post Void. I played this on Switch. Um, it's an action roguelike first-person shooter. Uh, developed by YCJY Games and supposedly by Super Rare Games. The uh, story of it is, uh, it's a hype, from the store page, post is a hyperbolic, um scramble of early first-person shooter design that values speed above all else. Keep your head full and reach the end. Kill what you can to see it mend. Get the highest score or try again. So the levels in the game are randomly generated corridors. You start off with a pistol in your right hand and a glass skull icon idol in the left. The idol itself is filled with a sort of a white liquid, which represents your health. This slowly drains over time and goes down when enemies attack you. Uh, defeating enemies are refill suits, so you're in a constant struggle to push forward and attack enemies and keep on top of your health. Uh, if you're running too low on a... At- Low, low uh timer from three to one appears in the middle of the screen and when you all your health is gone, obviously it's game over. And because it was a road like you restart from the very beginning. Uh once you reach the end of a level, um basically it's a glowing pool inside of a forest, um, you, you give them a you give them a power up which you can choose to go to the next level. Some of these include um you can get more liquid in your idol, uh new weapons like a shotgun or an Uzi or a knife, uh more ammo, uh which release rest or less reloading, uh, or you can move faster while backwards. The a weird one. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, yeah, it sort of throws you off. Level design is initially basically like a very tight corridor Wolfenstein esque design. Um, so basically, no, you know, like you know, no height or death. When you when you start the third level, it introduces jumping up and down, uh, each story. Uh, frantic rush to try and get through the level, going as fast as you can while attacking enemies to regenerate your health. Gunplay, fairly straightforward. I did find it annoying that I had, that there was a bit of a recall um, pushing the view up. So you have to constantly hold the right analog stick slightly. Now, this is originally um, put in as a PC game, um, but they released it for other consoles. Um, So this is probably one of the first probably probably better to play with a keyboard and mouse. Uh, I found the no knife itself is actually pretty useful if you can get into really good rhythm uh, of attacking enemies and filling up your health. Um enemies are sort of like um you got like enemies, sort of like a Quentin Tarantino sort of style enemies like a weird, like monstrous head just shooting guns at you. Um you got crying mouths, there's sort of like turrets on the walls and ceilings that keep that um keep shooting at you. Telehand, they attack. Like the man hacks uh, from Han- <laughs> from Half Life Two, uh, you got flesh walls, which are just as they said, they're basically like balls with like huge flesh, you got to shoot through to get through it. Gross. Um, yes, yes, it, but it's sort of frantic, so sort of like you, you can try, you just go try and push through it. But um, yeah, it's just jarring when you first see it. Um, Visual style itself, I would say if if you put in, mix it between, um, Wolfenstein and Halfline Miami.
1: And when you say Wolfenstein, do you mean like Wolfenstein 3D, the original one?
0: Oh, so yes. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Wolfenstein 3D. So nothing like the newer machine
1: game ones. So you're, so it's like very, very, very colorful, vibrant, but very, is it actually like sort of pixely like Wolfenstein is, or is it like polygonal? Like like sort of a PS1 game would be.
0: No, it's 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 like Wolfenstein, two D sprites in a three D envi- in a three D environment. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um yeah, very colorful, very bright. Uh I will warn there are a lot of flashing images. The game warns you at the start, very start, that this could be turned off in accessibility by accessibility mode. It states accessibility mode turns off sudden flashing images. It is not our vision with the game, but it may help some players enjoy the game more. Uh I ended up having to um put this on. It's just really like I I'm usually a right with sort of flashing images, but they can get a bit too many and this was just like it was constant. Uh I didn't yeah turn to say shooting any weapons just kept flashing the screen. Um so yeah it's about I think I picked it up for about seven dollars on Switch. Um yeah not like something like really deep you get into um this sort of like i only played it for like a say nearly an hour or so i haven't i think the max level got up to level seven um but yeah i would say yeah if you if it, especially if it goes on sale uh give it give it a try although if you can try and see if you can
1: get on pc uh might be a better fit for that so out of curiosity um this is. We talked last time about like Twitch reflexes because you were talking about playing, uh, the new not Doom Eternal but the original Doom. Uh, or was it Doom Eternal? I can't remember. One of those two. Uh, this is another one of those games where you really need Twitch reflexes because the are are the are the enemy projectiles. Do they move slowly or are they hit scan?
0: No, they're hit scanners. Oh, really? Uh, if
1: you yeah,
0: they're hit hit scanners. It's, like, it's sort of. If you can quick, you can quickly take down an enemy if you like really focus on them. Um, but yeah, they can really get, they can get the drop on you as well. So it's sort of like, you know, you see an enemy, you just got to go rush into it first before they get, get
1: you down. So it's more about taking out the enemies quickly than it is about dodging their fire.
0: Yes. Yeah. I would say so. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even like it was Doom Eternal. I think we were discussing last time, where I was like, I could even play Doom Eternal, like Ultra on the Switch. But Doom Eternal, like, it is a sort of a twitch shooter, but it's sort of like a knowledge based. Uh, you know, you got to know what sort of weapons, what strategy you use to um, take down an enemy. You know, if you see a certain enemy, is it better to say like, you know, take it down with rockets, or is it easier just to get it, double shot him with a super shotgun?
1: Yeah, and there's others where you have to like weaken them with the ice grenade and then you can i've i've heard about this yeah yeah but this game but post void is just apply bullet to face before you get killed by them doing that to you exactly apply
0: bullet to face very quickly gotcha and so which which weapon does that the quickest uh which one do you feel more comfortable with so
1: And is there, you said there was increasing ammo. Is there, is that just, do you have functionally infinite ammo, but you have to reload or do you have like a maximum amount of ammo?
0: Yeah, no, no, no. You've got, sorry, yes, you've got infinite, you've got infinite ammo.
1: Okay. So there's no resource management in the way there is in, in Doom where you have to get actual ammo pickups.
0: Yes. Although with Doom Eternal, that's sort of the way it works because you're using the chainsaw to respawn,
1: um ammo effectively yeah you, so you kind of got glory kills and the chainsaw yeah
0: yeah um but with this one it's sort of like the, you don't actually have uh, yeah it's more reload um management uh you don't focus on the ammo you just focus on reload yeah uh yeah give it give it a go if you can <laughs> All right, uh, the next game you've been playing um, is God of War, the 2018 one. How's that gone for you?
1: Uh, I I don't say this lightly. I, I also recently finished playing it. That's why I wanted to talk about it. Uh, I don't say this lightly. When I say that God of War might be one of my favorite games of all time, it is, Ooh. obviously there's, there's recency bias there. Like I finished playing it last like late last week so it's only been like a week since i finished it but i have sort of been thinking about it a lot recently and the way i the way it's designed and the way it does the areas and the way the story is told it's just i loved every single part of it uh obviously um you know there's the jokes about you know Kratos is a grumpy old dad now, and there's a lot of games about grumpy old dads these days. It's not untrue. You know, that is certainly true about the game. But even as someone, like, I barely played the original God of War games on the PS2 and PS3. Uh, I played a little bit of the first one, but not a lot. Uh, so I didn't have a lot of context for how Kratos used to be beyond what I'd vaguely accumulated in just existing as a fan of video games but the way that they made kratos behave even if you didn't know all of that was still it was still very very effective okay one one thing i really really like about it is um the way that the areas are designed uh, because they're designed in a way that I feel like rewards exploration without being way, way, way too open. This is something I talked about, I think, last, last episode when we were talking about Monster Hunter Rise. But yep. the downside to Rise and other games that give you that much freedom of movement and exploration is, to me, at least they feel more like video game levels and less like areas in a world. Uh, and God of War, like, obviously, a lot of the things where you can explore are pretty telegraphed. Like, ah, yes, I have identified these wooden planks as the ones I can smash. And there's probably going to be, like, a chest behind them. But, I don't know. I I felt more rewarded for doing it than I did in, in more open-world games. And, just I, I think the strongest part of the game is the characterization of pretty much every character. You know, Kratos, okay. Atreus, uh, Brock and Sindri, even the dwarves, you know. Uh uh, the, the gods you interact with, like they all make the world feel very alive even when there's not actually that many characters in it. Uh because the main cast is there's not actually that many characters in it. Like when I said there's Brock, Sindri, Kratos, Atreus, um, the witch, the god you fight. I'm trying to like keep it spoiler light. Uh, yeah, there's not actually that many, but it does genuinely make the world feel so alive because the way that they're performed and the, the way that, and the way that they're, they're written. Just gives me a very clear picture of who they are as people, even if we don't interact them with them that often. But the the thing I sort of wanted to talk about most about this is uh the way that the game is structured in terms of its world. Because sort of the game that everybody is talking about right now uh is <laughs> Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Und like the reviews of it were I'm trying to think of a word that's more shiny than glowing. Uh, radiant. The reviews of it were radiant. Uh, okay. Because it offers... And and one of the things that the reviews really focused on was the sheer amount of player freedom that you have in like constructing mm-hmm. your own machinery and uh, approaching things in different ways using the powers that you have at your disposal. And that is a thing that appeals to a lot of people. I'm just not really one of those. Like if I have if I have so many options at my disposal, I get a certain degree of analysis paral- of decision paralysis in this mm-hmm. case. Um whereas an experience that's a lot more focused like God of War or like Uncharted is another example of this. Um there is still free freedom in making choices within the more narrow systems. Like what armors do you pick in God of war? Which runic attacks do you use and upgrade? Um, there is, there are choices to be made there, but I really, really appreciate the, the ability to have a more focused and deliberately designed experience. Mm.
2: Um,
1: because to to be honest, like the, your imagination is your only limit. I get that experience from tabletop role-playing games. You know, yep. I, I play d and I play other games, and they're, obviously you're still limited by the rules of the system, but in a tabletop role-playing game, you can do things that the designers may not have anticipated. Uh, yep. To a much greater degree than you would in a video game. Like, in a video game, there are only so many ways you can program a rope to be used. Whereas in a tabletop role playing game, it's just a thing on your character sheet, and you say, like, okay, I have this piece of rope. (laughs) How I can use it in any number of ways. And so, a more, yeah, a more deliberately designed, a more, I guess, linear experience like god of war is really what i'm looking for right now in a video game and i'm sure you'll talk about this when you talk about tears of the kingdom A uh, spoiler alert mm. uh, <laughs> but yeah the the exploration still felt rewarding but in a way that I don't know, it, it felt less video gamey to me, even though there is like classic video game tropes of, ooh, there's something hidden behind the waterfall. Uh but yeah, it was just it is like a lot has been said about the story and the relationship between Kratos and Atreus, and obviously that was all done very well, but I really loved the way that the experience was directed. Um yeah, uh, it was just, I, I can't s- stop thinking about the way that, you know, I am not really, su- like, I'm supposed to relate to Kratos in some ways, because, you know, he's not the only one who has a difficult relationship with family, uh, mm-hmm. but I I don't feel like I'm playing as myself as represented by kratos i am experiencing kratos's story i am 100% down to watch the story develop and guide him through this but in a way that was specifically designed to make a very specific experience whereas in something like tears of the kingdom um you have to like you know go into dungeons and explore the world and you're you're limited by what you can carry and what you can build, but there's so many options there that very few people are going to have a very similar experience with Tears of the Kingdom, I feel. Yeah. Because there's just so many ways you can approach building things in that game that everybody is going to find the their their own specific way that they like to construct things and approach things. And there's yeah. definitely value in that. But that's not really something that I personally enjoy very much. And I'd love to hear your take on it when we talk about uh, The Legend of Zelda, Mm. Tears of the Kingdom, which you have been playing a lot recently, as I imagine most people have. Uh, There is one more more thing that I wanted to mention that I thought was very funny. Uh, This is tangentially related, but I wanted to mention it. I went to see Game Grumps Live a couple weeks ago. Cause they were in oh, Amsterdam okay. and yeah. one thing that they did that was very funny was that live show was the day that tears of the kingdom released. Yep. Uh, and they made a point of mentioning like, Hey, thanks everybody for coming out on the release date of the legend of Zelda. That's something I imagine most of you didn't know when you bought your tickets. Uh, <laughs> that got a big laugh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I I have not been able to avoid seeing Tears of the Kingdom on every social media feed that I have. Uh, mm. So I imagine it is uh, the largest game in the universe right now. And I'd love to hear your take on it because you have been playing it a lot, I imagine.
0: From the last time I've um, checked my time, because it went over, thankfully, it went over the 10 days hundred and fifteen hours I've put into it.
1: Good lord! And it's only been out for like <laughs> what two weeks? Two weeks.
2: <laughs>
1: That's it impressive. May have
0: that the fir- may have helped that they actually took the day off work uh, for this. The only overtime I ever did that was when I actually called in sick. You know what? In Australia, chucking a sickie, <laughs> going fake sick. <laughs> Uh, and that was for some reason Fable Two.
1: Oh wow, that's a blast from the past, right there.
0: <laughs> yes, I don't know. I just apparently got really into it that that night.
1: That that's a game that that's there's a lot wrong with it, but it was uh, very gripping while I was playing it. Yes, and then you <laughs> get to the final boss encounter, and you're like, ah, oh, okay, I I guess that's over now.
0: so yes this is i don't get excited for too many games but this one i mean i even got i splurge i got the controller i got the new case i got the amiibo um didn't get the new zelda switch um oled switch i'm going to wait until the next switch pro dash switch Two. Super switch whenever that comes out. That'll be my next one. I'm not gonna do another um like special edition. Yeah. Um but yeah, going on that, I mean the way I see it with sort of open world games, it's sort of from the spec I think the spectrum that you've got um Tears of the Kingdom, uh, then you've got God of War, which God of War is sort of more narrow focus but still rewards you it's still got that open world element as you were saying you know when you do are able to basically rather than go off you can go off the beaten track and it rewards you for that and sort of I sort of with me with open world games, it's sort of like it, like sort of the bad example I think say maybe Assassin's Creed where it's sort of like this big open world but you've got you do so much you know like you've got so many quests so many things you got to go so little details you just got to go through this and that and collect you know seven seven billion feathers
1: oh yeah just catch them oh god in assassin's creed rogue there's like i do i do genuinely like the assassin's creed games at least the ones before origins uh but especially in rogue it was like oh yeah there's i think there were four different types of collectibles yeah that i mean there were a couple that were only like yeah there's only five of these because the world's not very big but like oh it was it it genuinely does feel like a checklist sometimes
0: yeah. and it's sort of i feel like with with breath with breath the one this tears of the kingdom it's sort of spaced out it's sort of this big open land but there's actually you've got the main thing is that you've got the dungeons you just got to do, and then you've got the shrines you got to do. I feel like with it with this game, yeah, the the new thing now is that you've got new abilities. So you have got um the main one everyone's talking about is the ultra hand. This is the one that allows you to sort of pick up objects. This replaces the um the magnesis, which allow you to move objects. Um, but you, not only can you pick up objects, you can sort of fuse objects together, build certain things. Um, uh, when you go off to the sort of the intro section, which is like the great plateau in the original Breath of the Wild, you know things like you can make you can make a boat, uh, you can sort of make a um, sort of a platform. You there's like a um, sort of a ramp. You got got to go somehow go down. But what it is, you've actually got there's like a hook um, item like sort of like a hook structure metal uh brick structure you got to attach like a a base to it and then you go down that okay um yeah the i would say the this the, the the intro section sort of that's what it shows off the abilities of what you can build with that but I'll be honest when you actually go on on down there and go through the game you can honestly like going traversing around the actual the actual the world itself i hardly really use like any sort of like you know i'm gonna make this great big boat i'm gonna make this great big um like truck to just drive around i actually still did enjoy just like sort of like running around um uh running around just basically i went in and sort of focused on doing as many quests as like i not uh, any shrines that i can to sort of increase my hearts and increase my stamina yeah yeah, because what I did first, I um, uh, I got the I got the the first I got a second stamina wheel, then I increased my hearts to about um fifteen hearts, then I maxed out my third stamina wheel, and then the rest of it just hearts, because I feel like it, you you basically like going around you need that stamina to be to sort of like float around float around everywhere.
1: And one thing that I noticed when I played Breath of the Wild, didn't play for very long, was uh, you had you used stamina a lot for climbing as well, but Tears of the Kingdom it has a thing I elevate where you could basically swim up vertical walls.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, you, you ascend. So the way that works is that if there's basically if there's a ceiling, and there's like uh, if it knows there's something ab- ab- above the ceiling, like say so like if you're in a building and you can, you notice know, like there's, there's like a roof, it you can actually ascend up there and go up the roof. So if you've got like so like a cliffside that basically there's like a there's like a ceiling for the roof, you can actually go up there. But you sort of still need a base to be actual to ascend it from because you can't just um like go a uh, climb up the wall and then just use the ability.
1: You have to be standing when you use it. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: but that you sort of forget about that ascend ability sometimes. Um, so how do I, how, I fell down. How do I get out of this place? So like, oh yeah, I can ascend up there and just get out. And a lot of the structures are built around that. Um, and then you've also got the, um, you've also got the recall ability. Um, this this one allows you to rewind time. So if you've got like a, um, a cogwheel going one way, going down, you can reverse it and basically go up the opposite direction, climb up there. Yeah, uh, and then you've also got these falling blocks around the around the around the high rail area, and uh, so you can use a, a, um, those um, blocks to basically reverse time and go up all the way back up past the initial thing and go up into the sky. Wow, Where you've got the new skies. Yeah, new sky section. Um, and with that um with the game because initially yeah they said that's what they advertising the you know, king you can go up you can go way up high but as everyone knows now you can also go way down low yeah to the um to the depths where it is dark and I mean it is honestly it, it sounds like this is what they built this they built this game around the switch OLED looking at that because it's just look, it looks really good on an OLED screen. Just so dark, um. But that's like that's as big as the actual um. as big as the actual overworld, high-world overworld. Um, the way that works is you going around. Um, there's these things called light roots that you basically use that to brighten up sections. And with these light roots, they're actually um, they're actually underneath a shrine, so it's absolutely perfect. You can go around like there'll be shrines you don't you can that are hidden, it's like, oh, where, where is, he? you know, it's underneath a, str- underneath a mountain. I mean, how do I get there? Uh, you know, have I got all the shrines? But with this, you could actually, you can easily see what the light routes are in the depths, go to it and then go to the map, go up to the Hyrule um, Overworld and tag that. And then you'll know where a shrine is.
1: That's clever. Yes.
0: That was absolutely, that, I thought that was absolutely brilliant because that was the, one of the big problems I had with Breath of the Wild. It's like you, get, you can see, you can go up, you can see all these shrines there, but there are just some that are just hidden. You're like, oh, where is this? You know, and you sort of, okay, if I look around this area, I can see what this is. I can see, okay, maybe it's the cave I can get in. But a lot of times it's just like stuff It. I'll just get into it. I'll just look up a guy. Yeah. But with this, I just felt like I still had to there was a couple of times I had to look at the guide, but I would say not nearly as often, which I felt was which I felt was good. Um but with this game, the main ability is the yeah. Uh, you oh you've also got the fuse ability and this one allows you to fuse anything to your weapon or your shield. And that's I think another issue I think you've had an issue with this, with the degradation of weapons.
1: Yep. And, not a fan. Yeah,
0: not a fan. I'm more so I can understand where they're coming from. I sort of lean more into it. Um, I do find it's still the somewhat the same thing with this game, but with the fusibility, you actually are able to um, basically increase the weapon damage of your weapon. So the way I like to see it is that you go and you've got a whole bunch of weapons you go in, you, go, you fight a mob of enemies and usually like a big enemy there. What you can do, once you defeat the enemy and get all their parts, you know, like horns and guts and that, you can actually use, say, like use that horn, which will with the bigger enemies, have a much higher fuse rating. And then you fuse that with your weapon. And so it's sort of a perpetual thing of, okay, I've got to go in, okay, I may have weapon degradation, but if I go in, attack the enemy, the enemy usually drop a weapon, I pick up the weapon and then I fuse that, the horn that they have with that weapon. And so that's a brand new weapon. And so like I, I build up a whole bunch of weapons. Then once that goes down, I just go into the next one.
2: Okay.
1: okay.
0: So I still don't say it's still, it is still the same weapon degradation, but you still, still, I feel that with the fusibility and being up, up able to um upgrade the attack power, you can, you can get into the flow of like having those. Weapons. I've still, I've got like about, like about 12, 12 weapons that I haven't, Touch yet because i've just like been defeating big enemies and assigning them to the weapons that i drop with their their parts i'm just constantly just going through the lower lower um lower weapons um, but yeah um and then also yeah basically the main thing as you know is with, with the build ability i yeah i didn't really find that like i i'm sort of saying i feel, I feel like i would have thought okay i was a bit way this okay if they've got this this buildability you know this is going to be this is what you're going to have to do throughout the game you're going to have to build everything through through it going through the overworld like high wall um, not really a thing like you basically there'll be some sections just like okay how do I get up there then you'll see like all these um, all these planks of wood and then you say okay well I mean, maybe if I fuse these together and build a bridge and then you do that it's like Wait a minute, that actually worked. But they're sort of like like going the main main round, it's just like you don't really not really constantly having to use it. Okay. Like, uh yeah. Uh with it with the shrines, um, that's where you'll need it, but they're sort of more structured. Okay, here's a shrine, this is sort of like what we want you to do. Like some of the some of the ones I did Liz, were like there was a one where you basically had to build a boat uh, and attach wheels to the boat so that when the paddles... And then attach like other bits of wood to the wheel, make a paddle. So that the paddles turn to swim up, to transport uh, like a ball you have to put into a section. Um, that's the way you're supposed to do it. But what I actually did... Um, there was actually two fences uh, each side in the water stream. It was actually, actually to make the actual... Um, sort of like a mini vehicle and get the get the wheels on the fence itself and just drive it up there and you get a lot of stuff it's it's, it's a lot of stuff it's like okay um like okay basically like this is one way you can do it. Is like people just like i'll just build a bridge like i will just um i'll just a whole bunch of i'll just build a bridge and get up there um there was also one um uh, where you had to build a car in a Glow gravity shrine and drive up there like it's the last level in um Halo and Halo Three, at least level, which oh, I wow. was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um. So with these abilities, you can get like you know like bit you can get like um you use it with devices so like a fan, wheels, springs, beams, uh, like a balloon you can shoot up a steering stick, a rocket. So. With me, with me like I would make like this basic flying cycle which is basically you get two fans and a steering stick you angle it in a way and it works like sort of like a motorbike um, so you can sort of fly up and down and it, it, it's it's use, it you'll need it when you're going through the depths but probably with the um when you're going through the main over well it's not I didn't really use it as much um, I still found out you can actually just go up and climb up um, but yeah, um, yeah, I found progressing. I was able to knock down, um, yeah, big enemies, uh, yeah, as I said, taking enemies. Um, couple things I did miss. Um, there's a bomb ability with uh, Breath of the Wild. Uh, um, you don't have that that anymore. You only have the um, you only have like normal bomb flowers. Okay, like the original, like yeah, like um, Ocarina of Time. Um, but there's some uh yeah i was worried about the uh also worry about the map being um the same as hyrule from breath of the wild but it hasn't been a problem uh, i'm just wondering i've just been wanting to explore everywhere and do do quests um you got you you sort of got your main quest and then you have also got your side quests but i don't i feel like the side quests are not as important as say like something like assassin's creed or i'm not sure like god of war do you have Side quests in God of War.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And the the, the side quests in God of War. This is actually sort of a, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is the side quests in God of War were all you know there 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 was a story to them the the there was like one long series of qu- side quests that you did with the dwarves Brock and Sindri, uh, mm-hmm. and those eventually built up to you having some some pretty getting some pretty powerful equipment, and I'm wondering what like because okay. In God of War, the side quests you have, uh, there aren't that many of them, but the but they are all reasonably impactful. But in Tears of the Kingdom, the main like, to my understanding, at least the main side activity is shrines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you go yes. in them, you solve some kind of puzzle and you get an upgrade you get to choose, I think, between heart and stamina upgrade, and yep. that's a lot more incremental progress. Do you feel like that incremental progress is still reward? I guess. Do do you feel like the shrines are rewarding enough for how many of them there are?
0: For me, I just feel like because there's so many of them, I just going through the game. Like it is incremental because you with those like you need four pieces. Like you get like a um like a spirit. And you need four spirits to upgrade either a heart or a stamina section. Um, but it's just a sheer amount of I think the sheer amount of them. I don't know, I just like the it's it's not as um it's not a structured. I, I would imagine say, like God a Gold War. Um I feel like I, I I I enjoyed the doing the shrines. Um but I take it like um I imagine probably quite a few people wouldn't.
1: I feel like the the idea of the shrines kind of lives and dies by if the puzzles and challenges in them are interesting and creative. Uh, And if they are, then, like, I imagine doing them would almost be a, a reward in and of itself. Like, the fact that you do get things that eventually lead you to character upgrades is obviously very useful, but... If the challenge in there itself is fun enough, then you know you you also feel like you want to do them because they're fun and interesting. And do you feel like you're doing them because you want the upgrades, or are you doing them because the shrines themselves are cool and fun?
0: For me, I want the upgrades, but I do. But it's sort of like me. I do I do want the upgrades, uh, but I do like doing the quest, the the shrine quest, like doing doing the puzzles. Not everyone is a like a pu- puzzle. Um there are some where basically you are stripped of all your um like your armor and all your weapons. You basically have to go through like a, a naked run, just getting like a like a wooden stick trying to beat down enemies in a certain way, in a certain order. Um, you got those sort of quests. Uh you got ones where you've got to get a um the shrine itself is an open. You've got to get like a gem which acts like a key. You gotta work out how to get the key from where it is to the shrine. So it could be something, you know, you just got to avoid some enemies or it's something way up. So you got to build contraption to attach it to the actual, um the gem itself to try and shoot yourself up there. And then once you do attach it, then it's sort of like, okay, you've done that. That was the actual shrine quest.
1: Because if, if I'm allowed to make another example uh, or another comparison, rather, I played a bunch of Immortals Phoenix Rising a while back. Okay. Uh, That was like Ubisoft's We Have Breath of the Wild at Home. Ah,
0: yes, I remember that, yeah.
1: And they had similar like shrine kind of things in there. And I found a lot of those to be uh, extremely annoying because the physics in that game were a little unreliable. And I imagine that Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, that isn't nearly as big of a problem.
0: It's not like the physics are well done if it does wig out it's usually you sort of understand why that's happened uh like something just gonna it's just shot up and then just hit you straight down and just instant inst- kill you uh but there's just there's like a video going around it like a um sort of like a bri- like a broken bridge and you have to attach a um Sort of a base with two wheels to drive it up there. And it'll actually like the bridge section. Uh it's like ropes attached. and it's it's just like the physics of things just going down and just like going the actual bits of the bridges are going up and down, you know, with it. Um it's just amazing what they can actually
1: actually do. And that that's something that I think the advantage of reusing a lot of stuff from Breath of the Wild, like you said. A lot of people were concerned about the overworld Hyrule section being very similar to Breath of the Wild. But I feel like being able to reuse large parts of that allowed them to focus more on making interesting gameplay challenges and having to like, oh, look, we have to model another tree. You know, that's just yeah. work that you could have already done instead of making cool and interesting new things, which it sounds like... Tears of the Kingdom has in spades.
0: Yeah, it's sort of like um Yeah, you know, they people complain, oh, this reusing the same match, but sort of like you've got um like Yakuza games, which just every game is in Camarocho. And then you also like Spider-Man. The new Spider-Man that's coming out, it's used in the same city.
1: Yeah, I saw some pictures and uh I I, I wish I could remember who this was, but someone put like two pictures of the same like three buildings in the city next to each other it's just like here's the one from the first one and here's the one from the new one and Hmm. the the implication of that was like oh look how little they changed and it's like yeah i guess take it up with the new york city like planning (laughs) like urban planning department like they're gonna model it off a real city and so if the city doesn't change then the one in the video game also doesn't change (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that allows them, presumably, the game isn't out yet, so we don't know, to do more interesting things with the gameplay and the story and and stuff like that. Exactly. And you can exactly. I, it looks like you can switch between Peter and Miles in this one.
2: Nope.
1: Uh, I I saw like I I I say I saw I heard that like right at the end of the trailer that they had at the Sony showcase that there's like. Peter Spider-Man says, ah, oh, this thing is happening. I'm not going to get there in time. And then there's a little thing at the bottom of the screen which is like press A button to switch to miles. And people were oh. quite excited about that. So yeah, that's the kind of thing you could do when you don't have to worry about, yay, I get to make the 25 millionth model of, um, oh God, New York things. Uh, the trees in Central Park again instead of just... <laughs> making the game part of the game.
0: Yeah, and sort of like with Breath of the Wild, well, it's like, you know, yes, the overworld is like there are some sections that have changed. Um, but it may just be because it's been a while since I played. Like I, I actually I was, yeah, I was worried cuz I actually played um like I think um the beginning of the year I went back into Breath of the Wild to beat it for a second time. Cuz I didn't really like oh, after I beat the first it's just like okay, I'm done, sort of done with that. Uh, I don't know if I can really go back into it again. I didn't really get into the DLC. I was worried. It's like okay, I'll try again. I was sort of like it was hard for me to me get to be back into Breath of the Wild, but not the, not with this with Tears of the Kingdom. Like it's just it's got that much more variety. You know, it's got new, completely new shrine quests that you do, um, new quests that you that you do, um, new dungeons. I've only done three of the dungeons. I still haven't beaten all of them.
1: Are you happy to see the dungeons are back?
0: Yes, they're not okay. So the dungeons themselves—they're like they're nothing like the like your standard Zelda dungeon. you know, like Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess—they're nothing like that. But they're they're much they're, they're much better than the Breath of the Wild one. So you don't have that stupid thing where you have to actually go and try and find a man that adjust the actual like shrine beast itself to sort of change the thing and sort of work out how how do I get here, how do I get there. It is still more like okay, this is sort of four things you have to activate, but it is you know using using those um, new abilities um, more streamlined, more more towards like a classical dungeon. I did, I had from what I played, I've enjoyed them more than what I did Breath of the Wild. Nice, Breath of the Wilds was yeah, Breath of the Wilds was just too samey. Definitely not the case with this. Yes, but yes. yeah, uh, so with that 150 hours, I have gotten every shrine. Um, so that was, that was a trek. And yeah, I will very much be um, continuing on with this game. Um, yeah, so that is um, Tears of the Kingdom, my experience with, at the moment with Tears of the Kingdom. One other thing I just want to ask you with um, God of War. Um, did you play it on PC?
1: I did, yes. Uh, uh, fun fact, I also own it on PS4 but I didn't really get into it on PS4 because my TV was too small for how far away it was from my couch. And so I couldn't oh, okay. really read the text on the screen. So I didn't get very far at it because I didn't know what I was doing. But yeah, I uh, picked it up again <laughs> on PC in some sort of sale, a Steam sale. And yeah, it's gorgeous. I did turn off the, the film grain filter. I did find that to be a little annoying but yeah the pc port quality and i will say uh, i use a playstation controller with my pc because i own a ps4 and i have the controllers for it uh and because you know it's originally a playstation game it's one of the few games on pc that actually like is it indicates that i have to press circle instead of b that's useful
0: oh okay yep nice did you did you try it out on Steam Deck or?
1: I did not. No, uh, I I did it. I did a lot of it while I was uh, streaming it on Discord with my friends. So that's a little harder to do on Steam Deck.
0: No, I can imagine. No, that's fantastic. I've got it. Um, I got it. I originally got it because uh, I got PlayStation Plus. Uh, it was the one that was one of like I got a PS Five, and so that was one of those ones. It's like okay, here with the PS Five games. You got like these PS4 classics you get on um, PlayStation Plus, so yeah, I'll play it on. I'll play it on that. I haven't played into Gold of Wars, um, but I'll play it on that.
1: Oh, you, if you've never played this one, it's oh, you're in for a treat. That that that. Now I'm extra glad that I didn't like talk too much about the story stuff because ah, oh, I I really think like if, if you're coming off uh, Tears of the Kingdom, then it is obviously going to be very different and the combat's going to be very different too like in this god of war uh your main weapon is an axe and uh kratos is very heavy and so you do have some amount of agility but like your dodge roll doesn't actually go very far and you really sort of have to commit to your attacks a little bit not to the degree that you would in like dark souls or uh monster hunter but you, there is a, a certain heft to the attacks that you have. Nice. It is kind of funny that like I played God of War, uh, where Kratos, the joke is like he kind of controls like a fridge a little bit. Like he turns pretty slowly to the point where if you, if you push down on the D pad, there's like a quick turn. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then after that, I started playing uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand Space Marine where oh, okay. you're even chunkier and you're like nine feet tall and wearing <laughs> power armor. Uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, Captain Titus, I think, has an even slower turn radius than Kratos does, especially oh when God. you're sprinting. Uh. <laughs> so I went from one game Ugh. where you're controlling a fridge to another game where you're controlling an even larger fridge.
0: Oh, no, but I think maybe maybe after Tears of the Kingdom, maybe that'll be a good one to get in, into.
1: It's it's f- fantastic. I can't speak of it highly enough. Well,
2: thank you
0: for everyone for listening to this episode of the Game podcast Unfocused. Um, thank you, Hilka, for
1: having a chat with us. Uh, thank you for having me. It was great to be here. And one more thing I wanted to mention. Uh, before um, we... This'll probably come out before, but we talked about Tears of the Kingdom some more, uh some some on this podcast, and coming sometime in the near future, don't exactly know when yet. Uh N Focus, the Nintendo Focus podcast, also going to be uh talking about Tears of the Kingdom, I imagine at length. All of the hosts of that one have been plugging away of that at that as well. So uh if you want more Zelda in your life, if that is even humanly possible at this point. Then uh, go check out End Focus coming to wherever you get your podcasts, presumably. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank
0: you, everyone. Um, yeah, and we'll catch up with you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Game Podular Unfocused podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify and other podcast services. Make sure to check out our other show, focus. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively Game Podular community. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube and at Game Podular for updates, news and other content. Links are in the show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a GamePodular Patreon. The links for both are on our website. Thanks. This episode was edited by me and you can follow me on Twitter at TheScottyJMan. You can also follow Hilka on Twitter at Gear12 underscore Turbo. Thanks for listening.